98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. And away we go with the top stories of the day. Presented to you at 4 o'clock every day right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals as camp begins to wind down. Preseason game number two approaches. The team today signed a fullback, Campo, Josh Hockett. He's a fullback, tight end, might be a little bit of both. Obviously, they've been a little banged up at the tight end position. Maybe just a camp body to get them through the last couple of weeks before the regular season begins. But that transaction did come down today. We are still waiting on a cornerback transaction. You believe that will happen sometime next week? I think that that's the best case scenario. Um, that they will that they will trade for one. I think they'll trade for a good one too. I don't think it's like a. I think they'll get a player like okay, this guy's somebody with experience that can come in and play. So I, they might have a deal worked out already, and they're just waiting for somebody to you know uh, to to pull the trigger on the trade because nobody else got injured on the other side. That that could be the case, but I do think they'll end up trading for a cornerback. Cliff did talk about resting players and whether that's a plan to help combat what has happened at the end of these seasons. We want to stay healthy, there's no doubt. Some of those key injuries last year got us, and we're hoping that we've made some adjustments that can help us. And even into the season, we got to be smart with how we practice, and I think we have a good plan in place. Yeah, confirmation that taking it easy in August, he's hoping that will benefit them in December, and that that might be something he sticks with throughout the course of the season. Also, on the theme of injuries, an update on offensive lineman Will Hernandez. A little bit of an ankle, but it shouldn't be much. Okay, he's missed a couple of days of practice. Yeah. Well, I think I heard DJ Humphreys talking about how, you know, fighting is actually good today. Did you hear that, Cotter? No, I didn't. I heard DJ Humphreys talk about Will Hernandez's nickname. We call we call Will the fridge. <laughs> the fridge. The fridge. There was a fridge that, once before. I think that one's taken. Mm-hmm. That one's taken. That oh. guy used to actually score touchdowns. Let's call him something else. God, I miss him, man. I do miss that guy uh, playing. That was a lot of fun. Perry. Oh, it was a lot of that fun. That was a lot of fun Absolutely. watching him play. Sticking with the NFL, Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson and the NFL reached an agreement today on how long his suspension is going to be. 11 games and a $5 million fine. He released a statement in which he appeared to apologize, but then when he met with the media later, his apology sounded rather flimsy. Um, I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence and, and keep pushing forward, and I've always you know, stood on not disrespecting or sexual assaulting anyone. What do you apologize for? For everyone that was affected about this situation. There was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women that accused you of this? I've apologized to all women. So anybody that was affected, even your Everything. So I'm apologizing to everyone that was affected. Safe to say he probably could have handled today's press conference a little bit better than you know, he did. No, he was on the right path because he did that interview with, I think, one of the Browns reporters, and he apologized. Yeah. And, okay, he shows some remorse. But now, like, you know, be accountable. You know, be accountable. There's a reason they're suspending you 11 games and you're not fighting it. There's a reason. Yes. You know, to say, it, oh, people, I'm just people that were triggered. People that were triggered. I stand on my innocence. Well, then you should have fought this and not been suspended for 11 games and fined $5 million. His first game back will be in early December against his old team, the Houston Texans. If that's a coincidence or not, I don't know. But that's going to be his first game back. And now attention turns to the Browns and whether they 
stick with what they've got at quarterback? Or is this now the moment where they go make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo? Speaking of quarterbacks, ASU named Florida transfer Emory Jones as their starting quarterback. They were waiting a while, trying not to give the big, bad lumberjacks of Northern Arizona University any kind of advantage over the next couple of weeks. But today, ASU finally named Emory Jones as their starting quarterback. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, a kid for Florida last year where it's great to be a Florida Gator. 2,700 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and he runs the ball really well. A little bit like, you know, Jane Daniels ran, so does he. He had 759 yards rushing for the Gators. So transferred to ASU in May. I think we all expected that he was going to be the starting uh, quarterback on the team, and he is expected we'll have him on the show tomorrow. Oh, good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. The Mercury, game one of their best of three against the Vegas Aces, didn't go well last night. 79-63, they lost. The Mercury now one loss away from having their season come to an end. Game two in this series is on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and where is that game? That game's in Vegas, I believe. Yeah, I heard somebody talking about this. One of the coaches, like, so the first, it's a three-game series, and the first two games are at the home team? I imagine probably to reduce travel costs and to put the extra advantage on having a better record than the than the, right. the lower seed. So yeah. if you split the first two games, you're going to play the, the, the deciding game three on the road. On the road, you have the yeah. best seed. It does seem a little wonky, doesn't it? it man, that seems crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that until I heard, like, one of the coaches complaining about yeah. it. But our top story of the day today, is twofold. It's uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks winning against the Giants, 5-0 the final, and the brilliance of Zach Gallen today. Seven and a third innings, which is a career high. Twelve strikeouts, which is a career high. Four hits, no runs, no walks. He was brilliant. He's 9-2 with a 2.78 ERA. It's also about Stone Garrett. Two for five. Yet another double today. He continues. I'm telling you, Reggie Sanders. That swing is just Reggie Sanders, man. And his dad got some gear. His dad got some Diamondback gear today. I'm sure Roger Riley and the crew hooked him up with some really good stuff. Bally Sports Arizona posted out that he's got some. The dad's got some Diamondback gear. (laughs) Good. So the Diamondbacks wearing that giant stuff. It was a rough start in San Francisco with the first two losses, but they were able to recover from that uh, nicely with what happened last night in Stone Garrett's debut, and then the win today. Now the other question for the Diamondbacks, and it's one that was uh, we had our attention called. to it from a story from Bob Nightingale in which he was talking about what happened in Texas with the change in managers there. USA Today Sports Bob Nightingale recently included D-backs manager Tori Lovello on a list of MLB managers, quote, who might be the next to go, close quote. He then wrote that the front office apparently recommended to ownership two months ago that Lovello be given an extension, but ownership decided to wait. The Diamondbacks have since struggled, and Lovello is without a contract in 2023. Is Tori Lovello on thin ice with this team? Um, yeah, I, th- I think his job is definitely in jeopardy. Now, what what I I'll tell you what I know, and then we'll we'll talk about what we think, right? Okay. What I know is that w- what they what they're planning on doing is at the end of the season is when they'll make the decision. They don't want to make any decisions now. They don't feel like they're in a rush. They're going to have a standard all hands on deck meeting at the end of the season, and you know do an honest evaluation of Tory. Last year they did the same thing. Um, they did an evaluation of him, coaching staff. They ended up making making some changes to the coaching staff, but there's no pressure. They don't feel like there's any pressure right now to make a decision until the end of the season because they want to give the younger guys a chance. So 
Um, there's there's no commitment right now that Tory's going to be the guy, uh, but I've also but you you also can't say he's definitely not going to be. I do know that if they are going to commit to Tory Lavello, they're not going to do another. Hey, well, let's do a one more one more year deal. I mean, you're going to have to commit to him going forward. Now, if you do the numbers. There's 44 games left right now, Bernsey. If they play 500 ball, 22 and 22, they'll end up with 77 wins and 85 losses. That would be a 25-game improvement from where they were last year. Mm -hmm. And then you have to ask yourself the question, is that enough for Torrey Lovello to keep his job? If If they play 500 ball from this point forward, 77 and 85 after going 52 and 110 last year. That's a 25 game improvement. Is that enough to help him keep his job? I would think so. Yeah. I, I, I would think, given the roster that he's been handed, given kind of this youth movement that we're in the middle of, I, I get, look, I get it. We should all have high standards for every team in our market. We should hold them accountable and we should demand that they do as good as they possibly can do every year. Everybody knew what the score was going into this Diamondback season. Everybody, everybody understood it was a youth movement. Everybody understood that while they weren't tanking, they also knew that their window to really be relevant was still a couple years down the road because of the farm system. And so knowing that going in, you're going to author a 25-game improvement from one year. I know they were rock bottom last year, but 25 games better is 25 games better. Hell, if they're even 20 games better than they were a year ago, you could make the argument that Tory should be back. Yeah, we have him on every week. No, that doesn't have anything to do with what we have to say about him. I think Troy Lovello should be the manager of this team. I think he's shown a real affinity to working with these younger guys and getting these younger guys, while it's not consistent, they're younger guys for a reason, I think he's earned the right to come back and have a couple more years to steer this where it needs to go with these younger players. Yeah, listen, I mean, you could obviously make an argument either way. Um, I can understand the people I would say, no, it's time for a change. He's been here for six years. They haven't made the playoffs, you know, in five years. It's it's time for a change. I get that. But I also see a team that doesn't quit. I see a team that goes out there and plays hard, and I see a team that's not really spending a lot of money right now. Payroll, payroll of about a hundred million, um, because you know they just they're waiting to be more competitive before they spend that money. So I understand, and so I think he should come back too. And my reasoning would be, this team is this this team's lost a lot of one run games. If they were better at, at, at in the eighth and ninth inning with their bullpen, they might be a playoff team right now. So I think they play hard enough to bring him back. And I do think the young you know with the young talent they have going forward, I. Think think, you know, try to keep everything the same, you know, come back next year with this group and try to make another another step towards the playoffs. When we come back, the NBA offseason has hinged on the trade request from Kevin Durant. Are we to the point now where it's just more likely that he's going to be back in Brooklyn one way or another? We'll talk about that coming up. The Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. And the wait for Kevin Durant to come to the Suns continues. Yes. First time we're talking about Kevin Durant today. It is. Look at that. Mm -hmm. First time. 418 in the afternoon. How about that? I think that's a record. I think it is. Seriously, I think it's... I'm getting nods of approval from the crew here. I think that's a record. I think this is the latest... 
in any show we've gone without talking about Kevin Durant. That he's been that he hasn't been mentioned. That it is, somehow it hasn't been mentioned. Wow. It still beat out Lake Como, so <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, That's wait! True. I don't bring up Lake Como. No, it was all. Norway. It was. It was. Remember, he was Gambo was on that big Norway, Norway kick God. for like two straight weeks. For his like, man, oh, yeah, with all the red houses. That's right. Right. Remember, you could set your watch. To, okay, here comes a Nor- another Norway reference. You know, Gambo God, going. Norway cr- is. I, I, Norway is so beautiful. <laughs> You've never even been. There. I have a vacation book there. I, I already know. paid for it. How can you call a place beautiful when you haven't even been there? You don't know I, that I'm, firsthand. No, but those kind of like, you know, those kind of like, I've been close and not like I've been to Finland and Switzerland and like, I don't know. I see, I'm on a lot of posts with Norway stuff. Norway's freaking beautiful. It looks beautiful, beautiful. but I don't think you can say definitively it is beautiful until you've been there. I think those are just kind of the rules. Super ugly and all the pictures are edited. Gamble's like, I I waited for this. Norway is going to be like that house you get on Verbo where where you look at it and go, oh man, this place looks, this crib looks sweet. And you walk and you go, oh man, this place. Place trash. <laughs> what what, oh. what sort of pictures did they take of this house to make you think this place was going to be awesome? This place sucks. That's what Norway is going to be for you, man. It looks great. You're going to get off the airplane and go. Eh, this isn't all that great. This is just well. Okay, it's 61 degrees there right now, Bernsey. 61 degrees. You know what? Here Tomorrow, this, the high 71, lows 50. I got news Sunday, for you. 68 and 49, the high and the low. In the studio right now, it's 70 yeah. degrees. Feels great. Feels yeah, awesome. Well, how about going here. outside? I'm thinking 68 <laughs> well, degree weather right now yeah, in Norway. My, my lungs are going to explode from the heat if I go outside right now, so that's not happening. Well, either. that's where I'm going to die anyway, because my wife's got me swimming with like all these orca whales. That's true. She tells yeah. me that they, they, don't, they, they, don't, they don't eat humans, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. You're putting your life in your hands. Good luck with that Norway trip. Let us yeah. know when it happens. Yes, it is uh, 4.18 in the afternoon, not 4.20 in the afternoon. We haven't discussed Kevin Durant once, but we're going to now because Brian Windhorst on Get Up This Morning thinks that this might be reaching almost its conclusion. Right now, I think the Nets want to run this team back, and they're hoping that Kevin Durant agrees. The, the way that they're conducting trade talks and the prices that they are asking has teams out there thinking they don't really want to trade Kevin Durant anyway. They want to bring this team back, so we'll see if Durant goes along with that come training camp. We'll see if Durant goes along with that come training camp. That's right. really what the question right. has become now, right? Is he going to hold out and not play when he's due $200 million? I mean, I can't... Yeah, I mean, as there's... A, there's Windhorse isn't the only one kind of saying the Nets kind of want to run it back. He's never played with Ben Simmons. Kyrie's still there. Let's, let's give it a whirl and see what happens. So... They've got a team. If Durant came back with Simmons and Joe Harris and Kyrie, they're competitive. They got a shot. Like oh, they yeah. could they could win the they could win the East. It's possible. Oh, it's it's definitely oh, it's more than possible. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it likely. I don't think it's likely, but it's certainly possible if those three guys are healthy because the, they're, they're a contender. Yeah, they're, they're definitely a contender. The X factor in the equation is Ben Simmons. We, we you know what's he about? Where is he? Where is his game? What can he contribute? If he's back to the you know three time All Star that he was before everything happened in the last couple of years, you better believe that's a really good team. And and from the Nets standpoint, look like we, we've talked about this a few times. The Nets are getting a lot of praise around the league for basically standing up to Kevin Durant and saying, no, we're not going to trade you. No, we're not going to do it. And that's just how it's going to be. And and now we're just waiting to see how Durant reacts to that. 
Yeah, and and I do think they get a lot because they don't want to make a bad trade. Like, you know, just to appease Kevin Durant. Now, we said this yesterday. The difference is that Durant is 34, not 24, or 28, or even 30. Durant has four years left on his deal, not one year left on his deal. The Nets have always been in control of this situation, not Kevin Durant, which is why since June 30th, he hasn't been traded. (laughs) So, you know, the Nets are not going to make a bad deal. They have no desire to make a bad deal. So, with that being said, it's possible that they they say, listen, you play with us or don't play with anybody unless somebody makes us an offer. We can't refuse because right now none of the deals coming in or anything where, where the Nets are like, okay, that, that's something we we can make a trade. You got you to gotta think that they're not going to win the trade because Durant's going to be the best player in the deal. But you got to feel like if you can get back a bunch of draft picks and some good players that, it, that you could justify trading Kevin Durant if you get back something worthwhile. But right now, it doesn't seem like anybody is putting any packages together that's wowing the Nets. The awkwardness comes into play when he shows up to camp and he plays for a coach that he said he wanted fired. Or when he plays for a general manager that he says he wanted fired. Right? That That's where, and that's the card that Durant played a couple of weeks ago. That's what fired up all this conversation about Durant again and whether he'd be on the move. Because seemingly in that moment, he made it impossible for the Nets to try to keep him. I mean, to, to say, hey, show up to camp. We're not trading you. That's how it's going to be. Um, he's going to have to play for a coach that he asked to be fired for a general manager that he asked to be fired. Now, at the end of the day, is that more awkward for him? Is it more awkward for Steve? Is it? I, I don't know. But I thought in that moment he might have made it so awkward that they would have had no choice but to move him. Maybe they've figured out a way where they can live with that if they decide to keep him. I don't know. Well, I think if you you know if you're the owner, you go to your GM, you go to your coach. I'm not. Well, listen, we're not trading this guy, so you got to make it work. Like sometimes, be professional, make it work. You know, Durant did what he had, and maybe you know, maybe it's like, hey, he didn't really mean that. He just said it because, like you said, maybe he just said it because he he wanted chaos. He wanted he wanted to get out of there, and that was his way of doing it. But man, and that's you know, you almost feel now like like if they make a bad trade, it's going to be like seriously. You traded Durant for what? Yeah. Because they've been, the restraint on trading him to this point has been so great. I mean, we're talking a month and a half. So, like, I, I just, like, if they made a bad trade now, I would almost be shocked because they have shown so much restraint. And now, but the season, you know, before you know it, training camps will be open and maybe they don't want to put them through that. Being a champion of hope for Phoenix Children's means more than just $20 a month. What does it mean? You'll find out next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports app. Give-a-thon on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Give-a-thon continues, and uh, once again, want to bring this up, and uh, we're, we're, we're leaning into it because we fully admit we were having some technical issues earlier in the day with our phone bank, the Desert Financial Phone Bank. We have fixed those, but we also understand that maybe earlier in the day, if you were listening to us here on Arizona Sports, and you were trying to call in to give to Phoenix Children's, maybe you were denied that opportunity because the phone lines were just not working very well for us. They're back. 
back. We're good. We've got plenty of volunteers standing by to take your phone call. So please don't, if you were put off a few hours ago, don't let that stop you from making a donation to this very worthwhile cause and this very, very worthwhile institution that we have here in our Valley in Phoenix Children's. The number is 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. We've got plenty of volunteers standing by Gambo, and uh, we, 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 were, we were on our way to having a really good day, and we got derailed there for about an hour or so, but we're back, and we really want to get back on the track that we were on earlier today. Yeah, so it, it, it is the Giveathon week. It's a, a big week for all of us here, and we can't do it alone, and neither can the hospital. The kids can't wait. The need is great. You can become a champion of hope right now, $20 a month, uh, and be a part of this incredible uh, Giveathon that we've been a part of for so many years, just giving back to the Phoenix Children's Hospital. The number to call is 602-933-4567. We look forward to it every year. Uh, every August, we do this for Phoenix Children's, and we look forward to it I think especially for for us here at the radio station, I mean, we, we drive, at least you and I drive by it every single day on our way to and from the station. And every time I drive by it, I think to myself, uh, the miracles that happen in there, the, the the greatness that happens in there, the great doctors, the nurses, the therapists, everybody who works there, it's world-renowned. I, I mean, it's, it's a, to, to look at that building, uh, to see it lit up at night or drive by it during the day, and to know that you've got one of the very best things in the world and it's right there it's right here it's part of our metro area you got to take care of it you got to work to take care of it and and that's that's why we do this every year and, and it's 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 important to keep them funded so they can continue to be at the very cutting edge of of keeping our kids safe and healthy and healthy and it's 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 why we do this yeah Gee, these kids urgently need life-saving care kids Kids in there right now with cancer. Just think about how awful that is for, for the whole family. The heart defects, brain injuries. Right now, children in that hospital, life-threatening illnesses, and they come to Phoenix Children's Hospital because that's where they have the best fighting chance to survive. Again, the number, 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. Tell the volunteer when you call that you want to become a champion of hope. Of course, in today's economy, we'll take whatever donation you are able to make at this time. We understand. But if you can become a champion of hope, if you can donate $20 per month to Phoenix Children's, we're going to take a teddy bear in your name upstairs. Now, Gambo, we talk all the time about relying upon partners and businesses in the community. And though we don't have a check presentation to play back for our audience, that doesn't mean we don't have a check presentation here. And we do from your good friends at R&K Building Supplies. Uh, such great people at R&K, and they always give back to the community. They specialize in windows and doors. Nobody sells in stocks more windows and doors than they do. They do the work themselves. You could go online at rnk.com. That's rnk.com. They carry all the major brands on windows and doors, and they've been around since 1974. And Bernsey, R&K Building Supplies is making a donation 
of $10,000. That's fantastic. We appreciate all of their hard work over there. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that $10,000 donation from R&K Building Supplies. We appreciate it. That goes on the tote board. We're going to update that in about an hour from right now to see where we stand. Um, It's about the stories. It's about the kids. It's about the work they do at the hospital. And it's now time for another story of hope. It's presented by Madame Holmes, and this is Lucas's story. Just two weeks before his second birthday, Lucas was airlifted to Phoenix Children's in critical condition after an accident in the swimming pool at his family's home. And despite the best efforts of his care team at Phoenix Children's, he passed away after several days on life support. This is Lucas's story. I know for me, I thought it it couldn't ever happen to me. Like, this isn't going to happen to me. As parents, Anthony and I, we see things different. And um, to be just aware of, I mean, not live in fear, but just be aware that it can. It can happen. The moment when I, when I got the call, my son um, had an accident. We had a a lot of amazing doctors and nurses, and we have an amazing grief counselor through Phoenix Children's Hospital, Amanda Grace, the music therapist who helped our two daughters through the passing of their brother. A lot of gratefulness, too, for Phoenix Children's and all that they continue to do for the four of us. The comfort for me was having first responders there. Um, It's really given me uh, an appreciation, respect. They're superheroes. And then those out of Phoenix Children's, the strength they have, um, because we're not strong in that. We speak with Amanda just about every other week. When we first started meeting with her, the grief was intense and something we never thought that we would go through so it was very dark it felt like and very lonely and Amanda just helped us helped us understand what we were going through and that it was okay what we were going through and how to honor him and remember him to where now that we you know we can see light at the end of the tunnel we even got to go to a um, remembrance for any families who had lost children and it was incredible for us to go and know that I mean because when you lose your child you feel very alone but you're not to know that you're not alone was so helpful Phoenix Children's put that on you expect to leave a hospital with your baby you know in hand and I told Anna Sarah when we had that news we were gathering our belongings and not our son we birthed him to heaven we need to hold our head up high and honor everyone that gave their best because this is what is best I hear that story and I think about the the uh, the pain of a parent, the pain of, you know, the the intense grief, the loneliness that you have to feel. And I think about how there's just no way a family can get through something like that on their own. You know, you you can't I, I don't think as a family you can survive something like that happening to your family on your own. You need all the help you can get to get you through those moments. And that's when I think Gambo about Amanda
Amanda being brought up in that story, the the grief counselor meeting with her every week, every other week, and and how you know she helps the family get through that. I I, I just it, it's hard enough as it is. I I don't know how you could get through something like that without somebody like Amanda to help get you through that. I mean, you just don't. I mean, I've, I've mentioned this before, but um, you know, when I was about five or six years old, my sister died. She was almost two, and she died in the crib. And it, it, my family was never the same. My father was never the same. I mean, he had a mental breakdown over it. Um, so, and he, they, that type of care and professional wasn't wasn't available to him. And you know, my family, right? When my sister Denise died, um, and you know, it's crazy because I was only five or six, but I remember the day like it was yesterday. And so, every time something comes up with a child dying like that, I mean, it just brings me back to that day. It brings me back to my sister dying, and just uh, you know what it did to my family. Because I know, I mean, I know first. Like I've been through it. Like I know, I know what it does to a family when a child dies. And um, yeah, my parents were never the same. Like never the same. Like my family was never the same after my sister died. So things were just different. And um, yeah, that my family did not have that type of counseling and care to get them through it. And PCH, you know, providing that for families is, you know, I mean, you can just hear it in the parents' voices just how important it was to them. No doubt about it, Nat. When we tell these stories about Phoenix Children's, that that to me is one of the most important parts to tell. Is is it's not just to fix kids and to make sick kids well, but in those moments where things aren't going to work out and when things get bad, that the the way they can empathize, the way that they can help counsel, the way they can help you know soothe grief as best as they possibly can. I, I think some of the real great moments that happen over there happen in that regard, and that's why we do what we do and that's why we ask you and we're so grateful to our audience for participating in this for donating and that's why we're very happy to tell you that we've got a match going on right now you hear the music in the background it means that we've got a match every single donation coming in is getting matched dollar for dollar the UPS store is now responsible for this match we appreciate them very much getting involved you call 602 933 4567-602-933-4567. Your $20 donation is matched right now. Become a champion of hope. Agree to donate $20 per month to Phoenix Children's Hospital, and a teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name, and that will happen today. You will bring joy to a child at that hospital today if you pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567. Yeah, for all the families who lost a child, like, you know, like my family uh, and Lucas's family, uh, these donations, you know, mean a lot. They really do. 602-933-4567. Maybe you know of a family that lost a child and wasn't able to bring their child home uh, when a tragedy occurred. Uh, It's just absolutely devastating. If you could call, I'd really appreciate it. 602-933-4567. We are in a match, so you're $20 becomes 40, your 40 becomes 80, your 100 becomes 200 by calling 602-933-4567. And speaking personally, I always appreciate it, Gambo, when you share that story because I know that's very personal, but I know it gives you uh, the opportunity to relate to what's going on with some of these stories that we tell and some of these vignettes that we play. I know it's tough, but uh, not easy. it's appreciated when you bring that up for sure. 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. 
888-344-4567. We are in a match from the UPS store, and we've already got a couple of donations coming in, so let's fire up the Train Teddy Bear Express. On its way upstairs right now, we've got a couple bears on it. We want a couple more bears on it for the kids at the hospital right now. Over 300 children in the hospital as we speak. Our goal, as always, is to make sure every single one of them has a bear. 602-933-4567 is the number. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we'll turn our attention back to the Arizona Cardinals preseason game number two is coming up. If the Cardinals are going to take a chance on anyone this season, maybe they should take a chance on their cornerback, Antonio Hamilton. We'll explain why next on the Burns and Gambo show. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Soul and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Good job, Mitch. Good job. There was a time. This should be a song when he ends, when he goes on the field. Should be. There was a time when Gambo was famous around these parts for his love of ABBA. I believe that. I do like their music. I, I know. I, you, you, I do like it. You just don't talk about them now the way that you used no, to. I, no. Like, I, not, like not I would say, I when, when you were with Mark, you know, 10 years ago. Right. You, I mean, man, you talked about ABBA all the time. Like, all the time. Um, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You were... Yeah. I mean, I knew you. I've known you for 23 years or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, you were, you were, I would say, famous for your love of ABBA there for a couple of years. <laughs> Absolutely. Not ABBA. Not ABBA. Aber. Aber. Yeah, ABBA. See, even Mitch knows. You know, yeah, you were. I, yeah, I do like him. I mean, like, um, I mean, you know this. I mean, I'm going to the America concert on, uh, yeah, on like, Sunday. Like, your obsession yeah. about America has taken over for your obsession about ABBA. I like, always like America's were, music more. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just remember. I, you, I always have. I remember you talking about ABBA all the time, all yeah. the time. Yeah, I like. Look, I like the Bee Gees too. <laughs> hey, Bee Gees. It, there, there was a great like two years ago. There was a great HBO documentary about the Bee Gees. Oh my god, they yeah. were so. They, you know, they, the they had their fingerprints all over everything back in oh, the seventies and eighties. Yeah, you know my era. Like you know, like you know, things are different. On Friday nights, like that was like roller skating rink. Like you go to the rink, the roller skating rink, and listen, ABBA. For my friends that drank, they would get a couple of bottles of. Farm wine, which I had to buy because you know I looked the oldest, and then I didn't drink. But you know I'd get the you know the strawberry hill and all of that, and then you go roll, you would skate like you would roller skate. Man, we were good too. We were speed skaters and backwards and everything. And but that's where we went to the roller rink, and they played disco music. So that's what they played. They played a lot of they played a lot of disco music, and so I didn't hate disco music. I kind of liked it, you know. So I I mean I had you know Led Zeppelin was one of my favorite groups and everything, but I kind of liked everything, right? I liked old music and I liked. I actually liked some of the. I liked a lot of the disco music. So I can hear our audience right now. They're wondering why we're playing Abba's "Take a Chance on Me," and the reason why is Peter Schrager this morning on Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. He's running down his list of his "Take a Chance on Me" team and guys that are you know journeymen. Guys who have hopped around, guys who have played for a number of teams that he thinks maybe a team should take a chance on this guy that's on their roster. He thinks the Cardinals have one in Antonio Hamilton. Suddenly you look at a Cardinals cornerback room. 
Um, Antonio Hamilton might be the number one corner on this team. Let's go. Mm. He has played really well this summer. They're really excited about him. And there is no Patrick Peterson lining up in this room. It's going to be Byron Murphy, obviously, second-round pick. He's going to get the name, but Antonio Hamilton might start. Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, Antonio Hamilton, Josh Jackson, Christian Matthew, Jace Whitaker. I mean, it's not a it's not a, a deep, great room by any stretch of the imagination, but he believes that Hamilton could be a key member of it. Seven years in the league, not a cup of coffee. Seven years. Wants to retire his mother. Hasn't had the financial gains to do that. Hasn't had the opportunity to do that. He's now going to be in this Arizona defensive backs room, and he's going to be a key part of it, lining up against, well, alongside Byron Murphy and, of course, Buda Baker and those guys. But he's having an outstanding camp. Sunday night, they play the Ravens. Don't be shocked if he's on that first team going out there for the Cardinals. Now, I know you. we, we still believe they're going to add one, but I do yeah. wonder if Antonio Hamilton can make an impact on that team if Schrager's talking him up like that. Of course. I mean, he's one of the top three cornerbacks. He's going to have to. Because, listen, I mean, I've said this all the time. The biggest, the biggest mismatch in the NFL is some team taking their fourth wide receiver and putting it against your fourth cornerback. Because a lot of teams have three and four good wide receivers. Not many teams have four good cornerbacks. Most teams don't have three good cornerbacks. Some teams don't even have two good cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest mismatch. I mean, sometimes you can get a good cornerback that you can match up against somebody's number one. But how often can you get a good cornerback to match up against somebody's number two? And then another good cornerback to match up against somebody's number three. That's where the mismatch are in the NFL. Have a listen. You know, talent trumps everything. I still believe that talent's the most important thing. But don't underestimate the guy's heart. And Antonio Hamilton, man, he wants to he wants to retire his mom. Like, you know, this he's motivated to stay in this league. This guy's been cut and released and signed and released and signed and released and he wants to stick to to a team. He's a he's a quality player. He's a walk on in college. He knows how hard you have to work. He's a guy that you'll never question his work ethic. You'll never question how hard he'll work to make this roster and be a good football player. It's been extremely tough. You know? I was a walk-on in college. Uh, I was undrafted. Uh, almost every year I've been in the league, I've been the last corner on the depth chart, so I've always had to fight my way all the way up. And uh, I never had any handouts and was never any gimmies. I, everything that I've gotten in this league, I've earned it through and through. And, and I'm going to continue to do it until I'm able to you know, take care of my family in the way that I want to take care of. Like, I really want to retire my mom. You know, I've been in the league for seven years, and I haven't gotten that opportunity yet. But, you know, I, I trust in God and Whatever that's going to be for me is going to be for me. And I'm just going to keep fighting and keep clawing at this thing until I get what I want. It's a great story. But at the end of the day, we're still anticipating an addition. And you think maybe next week might be the week for that addition to come in that. Yeah, I think it's I I think they're going to make the trade. I've been saying all along they're going to make a trade because if they would have if they were going to sign somebody like somebody legit, I think it would have happened by now. And I think there's a benefit to trading for somebody. You'll get a higher quality player than getting somebody sitting at home right now. Um, you'll also get somebody that's been in a camp and he's in shape and he's ready to go. He just has to learn your system. Now, I, un- I understand what you're saying, the, the importance of getting that guy in now so he can make an impact in week one and not week three. I get that. Um, but most teams are reluctant. They don't want to trade anybody right now. They want to get through the second preseason game, make sure there's no injuries because you don't want to tra- you know, if you're the Cardinals, you don't want to trade a guy and then find out that, they, that one of your other guys got hurt and like, why did I just trade that guy because now I got a guy that's hurt and I could have used him. So teams want to make sure that they've gotten through that stretch where okay, I'm, I'm through the, the first two preseason games. I'm not going to play anybody in the third one. So now I feel safer in making a trade. When we come back, Troy Lovello is in the final year of his contract. Is he going to be back next year as the manager of the Diamondbacks? 
We'll tell you what we know and what we think next on Burns and Gambo.